Marvel DC, Marvel DC, Marvel DC, 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 Marvel, 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 New Image, or Dark Horse. Hey, 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 everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Geek Chat Weekly Show. <laughs> I love the Weekly Show. It's the only show that we have right now, but we will be bringing in another show uh, sometime down the line, so please stay tuned. Uh, <laughs> Way not to commit. Well, I'm just saying we're we're talking we're we're talking we're we're trying really hard to um to add a few more things uh that is more within our wheelhouse. I know we mentioned it in the last episode. Um, we're not doing the point fives anymore, but we're, we're we don't want to have a vacancy, so we are going to be doing some stuff. Um, so please, please, please stay tuned. Um, if you ever want to uh, follow us or contact us, you can go to Facebook and you can join uh, the Geek Chat Facebook group. Uh, go to Facebook, go to the group section, search for the Geek Chat, and join the conversation. You can always send us emails as well at thegeekchat uh, at gmail.com. If you ever want to contact us or if you have any events that you would like us to cover, please let us know. Um, the con season is getting ready to be starting up, and uh, Rich and myself will probably be going to a couple of cons uh, doing some interviews uh, as well to bring you some you know, new um artists and writers that, that you possibly should be checking out. We, we try very hard to uh, get the indies, uh, the indie creators. That way we can give them a platform uh, for their work to shine. So please, please stay tuned for that. Well, without further ado, uh, let me introduce myself. I'm Desmond. And I'm Rich. I'm like, when are we going to do that? I totally forgot about that. That's well, okay. We're, we're, on our, like, we're on our sixth season. We've been, we have over almost 150 episodes. They know who we are. That's right. They know who we are. And uh, this show uh, will be published on SoundCloud, as with all of our other uh, content. Go to SoundCloud, um, search the Geek Chat, and it's uh, on Tuesday afternoons is, is when it is posted. So first and foremost, uh, Rich is doing a new column, which is... Uh, is column? I like, it. I, I like calling it a column or, or, or conversation, in which it's, it's, is this part of a tie-in? Is this part of an event or not? And it's where he goes and um, and reviews the uh, the tie-ins for, for various different events because that's what sells books, I guess. It doesn't, tons, but yes, that's what, that's what they want to think, events. but we know, I know as a retailer and us as fans, we know that's not true. Yeah, it's not. So, so you, you, you do an event, you slap a couple of, you know, banners on the top of it, and you hope that it sells the book, you know, a little better. But, in all the cases, some of those books have nothing to do with the event, and that's what I'm here for. So this week, we had two Inhuman versus X-Men tie-ins. The Uncanny Inhumans and the Uncanny X-Men. And that's Uncanny Inhumans, number 19, and Uncanny X-Men, number 18. Wow, one month off. That's right. Yeah, that's with Uncanny X-Men double shipping. I have a question. So so should you read one or the other first, or nope. does it matter? Does it matter? This does not it, matter at all. Of course all. it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, one has nothing to do with the event, and the other one... Okay, I'll start with Uncanny X-Men first. The cover shows Magneto fighting... A very tiny Medusa. <laughs> it's very weird. Nothing in this book happened, or he's nothing. Just, nothing on this cover happened. He's he's basically holding her in his hand. Yes. I mean, it's a it's. It, I guess they're taking artistic liberty with that cover. So this is by Ken Lashley, and 
I love Ken Lashley's work. Yeah, that hair is crazy. So unfortunately, the inside is not done by uh, Ken Lashley. It was done. So I'll just do this real quick. It's Colin Bunn was the writer. Edgar Salazar was the penciler. Ed Taddeo was the inker. Rain Brito was the color artist. And VCs Joe Caramagna was the letterer. Um, hey, yo, Joe. This was all about Sebastian Shaw, Zorn, and Archangel. <laughs> Zorn is back. They've got all these... Um, <laughs> they're in New Adelan, and the... You know the mutants, not the weird mutant people that wanted to kill themselves? It was in Uncanny, oh, and um, Magneto um, talked them out of oh it. Oh my god, what are they called? I know exactly who you're talking about, but I can't remember their yeah, So their they're name. in here. They're playing guards to all these inhuman children. And, and so they rounded up the inhuman children. The, the inhumans, I guess, with no powers, because a lot of these people uh, haven't gone through the pterogenesis oh, yet. So they have the gene. Yes. Um, and it's all about Zorn and, you know, his way of thinking versus Sebastian Shaw's way of thinking. In that Sebastian Shaw really wants to, um, he wants to save his people. You know, yes. he, he wants this. And Zorn, of course, calls him on it saying, you only want this when it benefits you. So there's already some tension between the two. Um, Zorn wants to look over these people because, you know, he's admiring the their um, their history and their religion behind everything. And sure enough, there's a small cell of inhumans that want to break out. Huge fight breaks out break between... Out. Just careful. Oh, true. Between, you know, these these inhumans with some powers, light powers, and... The, Need a fight. And a fight, a huge fight where Shaw gets into it well, we finally get to see him use his powers. He uses his like powers. Never, we never see him use his powers anymore. Mm -hmm. You notice that? I love that he's in his old outfit. Like, I like that classic kind of Black it's kinda, King. It's kind of weird that he's in that outfit, but but he's part of the... I mean, Hellfire you, Club. Yeah, if you haven't been reading Uncanny X-Men... He's the, in it. Yeah, the, the, the Hellfire Club has returned, and Magneto has aligned himself with them. Yep. Um, in order to help with the battle. Well, and with, money. And, and money, of yeah. course, and, and power. So, uh, Archangel notices the fight and starts paralyzing these people, putting them to sleep, trying to, you know, keep them out of the fight. When Sebastian Shaw hits Zorn square in the face, and if you don't know who Zorn is, it's a long, convoluted history, but now yeah. he's a man with a star in his head, and the mask controls, it keeps the power in. Well, because of Shaw, he explodes. Oh, wow. And he hurts, and he actually kills two of the mutants. He blew his head up. He blew, yep. He blew his top, literally. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so Zorn sees the, the two sleeper mutants, you know. So Zorn's caught. head explodes, but he is not dead. No, no, he the killed. energy's released. Oh, the, okay, so basically the something star happened. The released, and it, yes, and it, the power. And it was Archangel that ultimately calmed everyone. With his laser light show wings? Yes, well, it's, it's his aura. Yeah. I know. And but it's just funny because like the picture has these like light thing refracting off yes, his wings. The sun, and I'm like, because yeah. it could remember because it made me think of what Dazzler used to be able to do. Calm people down. Yeah, when she would hypnotize them with her light show, which she doesn't do anymore by I don't know why, but because she's all tortured, remember? Yeah, whatever. She's tortured Dazzler. Everyone's gotta be fucking tortured. So the, the it ends with Zorn realizing that he they all everyone needs to heal, but he needs time away. So once again. Zorn will be out of the picture. I'm like, how fucking convenient. 
Well, he is a pretty it's powerful. It's for the course for the Xbox user. to get rid of people. So, okay. So, so, so to go back to, you know, is this, this a tie-in? Yes, by the way, it's, it shows you what's happening outside of the battle lines. Okay. Does it, damage. It, does it impact the story? Not at all. Is it going to have any bearing on future stories? Probably not. Probably not. Well, I mean, unless... unless we haven't seen Zorn in any of the promotional yeah, things. They yeah. just wanted to... They brought him in, now they want to get rid of him. I feel like that's what this issue did. I think I think they what, what Bun was trying to do was just trying to have that, you know, that duality between him and Shaw. Well, and Archangel, because and Archangel. Archangel could be the one to do more, but of course the writers don't really want to look into yeah. that, and who knows what's going to yeah. happen to him, because he's not in any of the promotional pieces either. Yeah, I thought it was just a fun thing to do. So story-wise, if you love the X-Men and you love these characters, I do love these guys, and I would pick this up. I'm just disappointed. I would have loved to have seen, seen Zorn, Shaw, and maybe Archangels on the cover to show what that is. And I know that these covers are done so far in advance, and they usually have nothing to do with on the inside. It's the new thing. It's yeah. it's the artsy cover. It is a very good cover, but it has nothing to do on the inside. And so as a fan, if I picked this up thinking I was going to see Magneto versus um, Medusa, I'd be pissed if I was reading the inside. If I, wasn't <laughs> a, if I yeah. was a casual reader just picking things up. And I think this is what all, both companies really need to focus on. Mm-hmm. Selling what's inside. That's what the cover's used for. Yeah. We need to get away from pretty pinups. And this is the problem with the Uncanny Humans number 19, is once again, Magneto, the big bag Magneto, is going after Triton. Well, Magneto's not even in the book. <laughs> at all. Okay. In fact, there are no mutants in this book. Well, it is the Uncanny Inhumans. Correct. So, I mean, I guess so it would focus Charles on... Sewell did the writing. Kim... Jacinto and Ario Anandito were the artists. Andreas Musa was the color artist. VCs Clayton Cowles did the lettering. Well, Fraser Irving did the cover. Beautiful cover. Doesn't even know. So for me, this is the inhuman side, like you said. Does it play into the overall narrative of IVX? No. This, again... Whereas Uncanny X-Men at least had humans and mutants together, this is just the continuing story, like I said last time, of them trying to get more of the Terrigen crystals for huh. them. So yes, it has something to do with the overall story of the Inhumans, but as an X-Fan, picking this book up, I'd be like, I don't care about these people. Well, yeah, because it doesn't really speak about the actual war that's going on. Nope, it just continues their story. And I got to tell you, the fill-in art in this is... is It's not your liking, huh? It is not my liking. No, it's a little rough. I, I don't... You know, I understand that the Inhumans can look like anything. I mean, look at Lockjaw. But there's literally a Sharktacon kind of looking guy in here making googly eyes at this old guy. And I'm like, this is just weird. Even weird for a comic book. So, for <laughs> well, me... You know, well, the, you see, we're getting the Inhumans. Remember we used to get the weird-looking X-Men during Grant... Sorry, doing... Um, it was Grant Morrison. Grant, he Grant Morrison wrote... Grand Morrison's, you know, run, we got some weird-looking mutants. Now we're getting that with, with the Inhumans, yes, you know? Yes, because not all of them should be pretty. So looking for so the these Inhumans in this book are looking for crystal, right? They should go to the Central Valley. Yes. But I'm bumping. Anyway, so for this one, so you would say, just to paraphrase, um, to re reflect back, actually, uh, Uncanny X-Men, okay for being a tie-in? 
I can see it. It is still in the war. It's the other side. It's the pe- not peaceful. It's the quiet side of war. Okay. So yes. And in humans, no. In humans, for me, was just a basic in humans book, not really dealing with the mm-hmm. battle. It's just their quest to. to help them okay and as a it did not need this i don't think it was crucial to the story at all yeah so they just wanted to slap a banner to get the sales yeah so if you want to pass one of those books up you know feel free to pass up the the inhumans is is, is what unless you're an inhumans fan and then you'll want to read it exactly because you've been following the story yes but if you're picking up it just for the event no no all righty so so you heard it here first folks you know rich cutting off legs (laughs) <laughs> my um so the first book we're gonna we're gonna review in our in our in our regular review cycle is going to be the 25 cent issue of invincible and that is issue number 133 uh with a fantastic cover it is the um homage. it is yeah the homage covers this is um ryan ollie did this and it was after rob liefeld who did and he was uh doing the image of a young blood Yep. Uh, cover so everyone everyone on the cover too. so do i everyone on the cover looks like uh, is in the position of a uh in the pose of a of uh young a young blood character so it's really kind of funny to see it because not everyone is in this book that is um seen on the cover so it's just a homage cover so that's kind of what it is uh the writer was robert kirkman the penciler and inker is ryan notley uh, nathan Furburn did the colors and uh Russ Wooten uh, was the letterer. Alrighty, so this begins the 12-issue maxi-series, which will lead with the end of Invincible. Invincible is ending after 12 issues, and, and it is titled The End of All Things. And at the beginning of this one, if you didn't read um, 134, sorry, 132, you see that uh, Oliver... Um, Mark Grayson's half brother was killed uh, in a battle against Thrag, who is the main villain um, of his race, and he was killed. And it's it was sad um, because I you know I've read this book since its inception, and and I was really sad to see Oliver die because I remember him coming in and being you know the little kid and then growing. It was it was really sad. So we got to see his funeral, and then everyone, of course, was lashing out because of because of this death, and and because he, you know, it was he was coming to to fight uh, to protect his his family. This is what Oliver was doing because Thrag found where Mark and Eve and their daughter was hiding, um, and sent his kids to to destroy them. Really, really somber way to start this maxi series. Um, I was really excited. Mark is freaking out. He's punching Alan Alien around. And Alan Alien is like the Hulk. He can pretty much survive anything. And when he survives anything, he actually gets stronger. And uh, and then we finally get to see Eve. Eve just completely, you know, shuts Mark down and is like, look, you know, I'm tired of you. You know, you're, you're, you're constantly leaving. You're constantly not being a father. You're constantly doing all these different things. Instead of being here with me, you know, you're reckless. You know, being a hero is stupid, you know. And and it's kind of like they're being a little bit more selfish because they have a family to look out for. And this is the end. Like, they all admit it that this is the end. So finally we get to see Eve be angry at Mark and actually strike him. And it's like, look, you know, you need to be here. You need to be a father. You need to do this. 
And what better way to solidify that is they finally get married. So in this issue, we get to see uh, a death and a wedding. And and I can only imagine where it's going to go from here. Um, and it also looks like at the end that Alan, who is the leader of the, the, the Republic of Planets, is trying to stop the Veramunes, who is uh, the race of supermen that's trying to you know rule the galaxy. He actually might have had a hand in the death of uh, Oliver because he was uh, playing playing them against each other because he wanted to see where where Thrag was. I know this all sounds kind of, you know, uh, kind of, if you haven't been following it, it's a lot to, it, it, this is not a jump on point for, for anybody. It's 25 issue, it's 25 cents, but it is not a jumping on point. And that's part. where I'm going to jump in. I read this. This is my one of my first, I don't think I read it since you told me to read the last 25 cent issue a couple of years ago. So if you listen to last week's episode, last week's episode, because last week's episode, there was a 25 cent walking dead and Rich reads that, but I don't read it. So I'm assuming this was, you had the same kind of reaction that, that I had. Oh my God. So I know some of the characters, like I know this girl, Atomic Eve, and I know the main Adam guy, Eve. whatever, Adam Eve. Why can she have bricks i didn't understand that like when she punches him she's she like matter so she's like the she gay kid from teen titans well she's a lot stronger than him because she can actually create matter she can create matter out of nothing so can he but he chooses bricks or can he just do bricks i don't know what he can do i know this confused me yeah. but i thought so you know i hate people that don't draw backgrounds so how convenient for half the book they're flying in the air where you don't need backgrounds that bugged me um I didn't know who was what. I didn't know. So the dead half brother is married to this weird. No, they never got married. They were they were dating. They were dating. And the little girl, the little girl is Mark and Eve's child. I thought it was a baby. Yeah, the little girl. The no, no, no. So Mark went into the future by five years. He went back to the past. It was it was a storyline that he did in which he was gone for five years. That would have been nice to put somewhere in this. Yeah, there is no. That would have been a nice place. Because I was like, I thought it was a baby, and now it's a grown girl. Yeah, and... it's not a it's not a recap. There, there's no recaps here at all. It's just like, if you were reading it, great. So, if not, so oh well. she doesn't kill. Is that whole thing why they keep saying that that she's going to help Mark kill? Well, no, the because guy? she's she's just been she has just been a mother. She she stopped being a superhero a long time ago. But, but when did he... she ever kill anyone? No, no. But superheroes they're making a big deal because super, superheroes don't kill anybody. Although Mark has killed people before. But generally, it's been in self-defense. And this is the first time that they're actually like, we're going to go and we're going to kill this bastard. You know? And then Cyclops at the end says he knew that the guy would die, and that's what Mark confronted him. So Mark was right in the fact that Mark he... was right. Mark was right that, and, and that Alan put Oliver in harm's way. And he did. And he did. But um, he didn't tell Mark that, that, that his, his assumptions were right. No, but yeah. But yet he's at his wedding. Yep. So I want to say the I. If I didn't read this book, I, this art is great. I his art yes, is Ryan so Alley's good. Yes, Ryan art is amazing. Except for the no backgrounds, it's still they're really flying. good. They're they're flying in, in the sky. They're, they're so. shooting the background. There's like little space cars flying mm -hmm. around. The, it's the Jetsons. But when he does, when he does pack a panel, he does. He's a really good artist. 
Um, I would say the, the only problem with this book is yes, it is twenty five cents. It so is it's, so, so it's not reader great, friendly. But it is not reader friendly. Nope. It is not reader friendly. Nope. That's the only problem. But uh, you can read and, it, and, and I would say read it. I'm not going to say. I'm not going to say. I'm going to read the next twelve issues either. I cannot wait <laughs> for the next twelve issues. I am so just like down for it. I am down for it. Which Let's one? do this. Um, so that's what we're going to read is, is is two new number ones uh, from DC's um, Rebirth. Although one is an actual Rebirth and one doesn't seem to be a Rebirth. <laughs> do, you, do you notice that? One is, yes. We, we'll be talking about that. Yeah, one, one is a giant recap pay, recap story. One is 20 fucking issues of recap. Pages, pages of recap. I agree, 100%. And one is a completely new story, but I guess it's because... Okay, so first we're going to talk about a Super Sons number one. It's two ninety nine. It is from DC Comics, and every every book got a. Well, most of the books have gotten some sort of a, of a um, what is it called? A a a rebirth issue, like a number one <laughs> rebirth issue. Uh, Super Sons did not, but I think the reason why that happened is because the writers actually wrote about these two kids in the Superman series. So they kind of back, in my opinion, they backdoored into it in order to get everyone set up and ready to go. Uh, so it's Super Sons. It is uh, Robin and Superboy teaming up. That I guess they're the, this, they're, they're rebirths, DC's rebirths, uh, world's finest. It's Peter J. Tamazi was the story in words. Artist was, uh, Jorge Jimenez, which is awesome. I love his art. Uh, Alejandro Sanchez was the colorist, and Rob Lay was the letterer. Alejandro. 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 Um, so, yeah. So, we get to see Damien and John uh, working together. Damien driving a bus. Damien doing all kinds of Ugh. weird uh, disguises. Ugh. And he I guess he's aboard, and he's he's following up on john or something i don't know what's going on it is the you know what it is it's that when a little girl punches a little boy and says i don't like you that's what i see here it's so annoying. well they're friends Ugh. and i think damien doesn't know how to be he doesn't and that's the only thing because if you go back to the teen titans that we stopped reading because it got bad they admit in that book he's not used to having friends so now here he is with someone that he treats like shit but is still being friendly. Well, they're friends. I mean, they're he he's like that snooty little rich kid and 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 John is the hate. Richie Rich was always nice. Hmm. I really cuz it seemed like he was always flaunting around his cool shit. Like I watched that cartoon and I read it. I read the books. It was always like, "Oh, we're going to go do this." And I'm like, "But maybe I don't want to do that Richie Rich." Those little poor kids enjoyed every single fucking minute. They got free food. They got to sleep in the weird things that Professor Keenbeam would make. So no, so not all rich kids are bad. So the so the prologue, we get a kid who is living in a what looks to be a uh, a reality TV show or something because it's on a studio. Let me tell you who it is in the family. Yeah, who is it? I think it's going to be Kid Amazo. Do you really think so? Because he's the first villain in their first book. Oh well, that makes sense because if he's a if he's a robot and he's being observed the whole time, then that would make sense. And they're kind of kowtowing to his every every yeah. role. So I didn't read any of the uh, previews or anything like that. Yeah, the solicitation is Kid Amazo. So that's probably what it is. Um, so yeah, we get to see them 
working together and fighting robotic robins. But before that, we get to see a day in the life. Oh, they love to switch. They I, Have you noticed the oh, books yeah. we read? Oh, yeah. Holy moly. And everything yeah. I think we read this they, week. They never, it's not, they never tell a linear uh, 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 narrative in these books. Um, I don't know why they do it. I think it's to, I think it's a, a thing to, in order to compress time, um, to start with a bang, lead you back into it. And then, and then, and then, um, start at the end. So they want to start at the end. Lead like, you I back don't mind reading it. that, but I just feel like that is their new go-to. It's uh well, it's, I think it's just a, it's a, it's a trope that has been used, like you said, way too much oh. and it's unnecessary. Um, so for this one, we get to see Damien uh, being a weird driver, and he's kind of pseudo-stalking John. Yes. It's really bizarre. Yeah, I told you. It's really bizarre. And then these kids start throwing rocks at each other, and these fucking kids are like bullies, like little assholes. And then John is like not using his powers. Well, he did what his parents said. Don't use your powers. Yeah, but then, but then fucking Robin... It's like a snowball fight, and then Robin like dumps the roof on him. Yeah, dumps the roof on him, and then and then like the reveal that he was the old man driving the bus, and he's wearing these like weird stilt thingies, and John is like, I, I love John's innocence. He's like, you're not supposed to be driving, and what are you supposed to be doing? And then Batman told him, told you know Damien, no, you're not supposed to be leaving. You know, you're supposed to be doing your homework, and you didn't. You know, and so Alfred said, you know, you can't do anything, and I do like the so way he leaves. John is is written. And Damien is such a controversial character with, with people because I really feel like you either love him or you hate him. There are some people, a little bit of people that fall in that middle, but boy, the opinions of him, they either like him, don't like him because he's a bastard and he's just mean to everyone. And sometimes the writing makes him so mean. But in Batman and Robin, when he was the Robin to Dick Grayson's Batman, I really liked that chemistry they had a great chemistry and i think that's what you know tomasi's trying to bring is a different kind of chemistry than the dad's because the dad's chemistry well especially with this being the new superman but i think he's going for that lighter kind of how kids are well and i i agree 100 percent, and that's but that's the thing that i that i think is kind of weird we have we always talk about or we have talked about in the past letting letting characters grow mm-hmm. and it's like for some every so often we'll see a scene in which in a comic book in which damien will grow and he won't be an asshole and he, like he'll be like somewhat like okay the batman and robin when when dick grayson was was batman and he was his robin perfect example towards the end of that damien started to fucking chill out a lot mm-hmm. um another instance was uh was at the end of um batman and robin eternal um no, Batman and Robin Eternal and then the beginning of Nightwing's solo series when Damon had that weird thing in his head, mm-hmm. the bomb, and he took that out of him. And he was actually genuinely like thankful for that. So that's the thing. It's like it's like he has to play that bad boy, but it's but like it's not bad boy. It's not a like when you think of a bad boy like on TV, it's not a bad boy. He's just a little prick. Like there's a difference between the bad boy of a show and just being an asshole. Yeah. He, they're writing him too many different ways. And what's funny is we were talking about stuff that happened pre-rebirth. Did they dial him his niceness back to being? Yeah, being they, they really did. did. They really did. Because by the end of New 52, he was at a different place. Exactly. And he was tolerable. Yeah, he was a lot old. He was a little bit older. Uh, he was much more tolerable. He like had died. 
he died and came back. <laughs> I wonder if um, that's still in any kind of So I think what's happening is, is because Tomasi is one of the people that wrote him, I believe, the most. Well, yeah, know? he did, wasn't he the one that did the Batman yeah. and Robin? Yeah, and he did. Um, he did. Yeah, Batman and Robin. Him and Peter Gleason did. No, Peter Gleason. Peter Gleason did Damien's solo stories, but I think Tomasi helped him with that as well because they're all they're all friends. Um, but it's that's just the difference to me. It's like John Superboy is just he's just like he is the most consistent out of the two of them, and and how he has been portrayed and how he has been written in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the reason why it's such a good idea to do Super Sons and not World's Finest, meaning Batman and and Superman, is because they're still working out their friendship. And I'm glad that DC was smart enough to allow that to happen because this is is the pre-52 Superman and the new 52 Batman. They don't have that history like they used to. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't make sense for them to be the World's Finest. So that's why when they did World's Finest and New 52, it was kind of... Well, it was like, Huntress and Power Girl. Yeah, there was that one, but but then it was but then it was the old it was the new Superman and the new Batman. So I was like, like okay, the very that, last arc. Yeah, yeah. And, and, that, and I can kind of understand that, but this one, like I, it, this works for me, and I like the kids. I like, and I think the artwork is inspired. Yeah, it's a little manga. About... It's a little manga in some. It's, it's a little loose in some spots. I want to talk about that, but but for the most part, I really really have enjoyed his artwork. It and I works really enjoy. because they're kids, of course. Yeah, because. You can play with proportions on kids much easier than you can when it's an adult. Because if it's if if an adult looks like this, you're tent you're if you're a traditional comic. I don't want to get hate mail, but if you have been reading comics for a while, you are not you American comics. You are not used to that anime style. Now in the '90s, you had Joe Mandura, you had uh, Al Garzan. How did you, is that how you say his last Ali name? Al Garzan. Um, you had a lot of these artists, and now they're even in um, what? Who does uh, U.S. Avengers? Carlos Burberry and uh, oh, um, oh, I know what you're talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. But they're more, they're more American manga. Yeah, uh, much more, uh, much more a European style. Yes, as well. So when you have him or a Spanish style, um, Jimenez on this. The art fits because his Superman is big and imposing, you know, and the kids are small. His Batman is great. His Batman, he draws a really awesome Batman. I have to admit, his Batman is one of the coolest Batmans I've seen in a long time. He's thick and muscular, but yet not he's, Superman. He's imposing. Yeah. You know? So I like the art. The colorist nailed it on it, too, because when you're in the Batcave, it's dark, moody colors. And then, you know, when you're with John and the family, they're it's more bright, warms. Yeah. Bright colors. I just think everyone on this team. Oh, and then the ending when yeah, they're breaking, the end. when they're breaking into the building, and then fucking Lexus like. Can I know. help you boys with something? And I'm thinking that'll be really fun to see them deal with Lex Luthor. But oh, like, and the and the and the Dark Knight at the yeah. top of, of the one page when they're running across the skyline. Yeah, I enjoyed this book, and I really didn't think I was going to, and I'm I really did. I just I'm one of those people in the, God, he's such a prick department. I agree. So, I agree. Really good. Pick it up. Super Sons number one, two ninety nine. Pick it up. Um, so the next book we're going to talk about is uh, Batwoman. It's a Rebirth issue. So it's number one, and this is <laughs> where where Super Sons started at the end, and then kind of told the story backwards, not backwards, but you know, gave, gave you some really good stuff in the end, and then went backwards in time, and then kind of went forwards. Batwoman Rebirth is just a 
it is a synopsis of what has happened no, to her. It, what it is is it is a twenty-page secret origin issue of what has happened to her. Yeah, one hundred percent. I would agree one hundred percent. And I think it's interesting, and I I would love to ask the two writers: Did you leave out the vampire parts because that part was? Bad. A, it was yeah. I didn't it was work. bad. It was bad. I'm wondering if, bad. if that is going to be something in the new rebirth that is retconned out, where we don't even, not even going to talk about. Or maybe it. her sister will be a vampire. Who the fuck knows? I don't know. I was just very happy that that when they when they started when they started going through her background, there was not anything. Um, so we have Batwoman Rebirth, uh, Marguerite Bennett and James Tinney in the fourth. Were the writers Steve Epiting was the artist, uh, Jeremy uh, Cox was the colorist, and uh, Darren Bennett did the letters. Uh, or Deron Bennett, sorry, did the letters, and Steve Epiting did the cover. Except, except the cover that I got was Jay Lee, and it's amazing. So yay! That because Diamond, no, not Diamond. Diamond did their job. UPS fucked you over. Fucked us over. Soaked all our books. Uh, it's yeah. like they dunked them in the ocean and then brought it to us. Yeah, it was literally like they they they. So we didn't get our, our full know. order. Uh, the only thing that was surprising at the end was was Kate, if that is Kate, being with her father's, um, their father's uh, soldiers or yep. whatever. So I don't know if she's infiltrating, or or what's going on. And I know that they gave us a. Um, they gave us uh, a four. Or I really like what they're doing with this. Like what to expect or what is coming from uh, Bat Woman in the future. And so you we, loved it when they did it. We those pictures in Justice League America. Oh yeah, so that's that's what I like about it. it. It piques the interest. Like we have her fighting someone. She was Tahani. in. She was in this book. Yeah, Tahani, who was she a, was her lover's her lover, wasn't she? She was her lover, but but she was an assassin or something. Yeah. I don't remember. And then the other one was was something about the sacrament, which I'm thinking is that the the books of the books of blood or something like that. Well, it also says fear, fear. So I'm wondering oh, if we're going to get the scarecrow. Or the scarecrow, yeah. And then we, it'll, I would love the scarecrow to take her on. And then we get to see uh, Renee Montoya. Is what it looks like her almost making out. Yeah, and then we see her sisters back, Alice chewing on her bloody lip or something. Or unless she's a vampire. I hope not. I hope I hope not either. So. Again, it is if you have read her book <laughs> and you've been keeping up with her, it tells you exactly everything that you need to know. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Well, it did add a couple new uh, nuances to her character because of the whole thing. Uh, Saif uh, with her girlfriend. Yes, yes. They added the whole thing with her being a, a spy and with the and the and the partner. And everything they did add, they did add her, but I think they added her because she's gonna follow follow up in an, in another in the arc, next and, couple and, and, arcs, yeah, yeah, next couple arcs. So they they're, they're kind of padding her backstory a little bit by giving you a little bit of new stuff, which is good. Um, I want to say I love Steve Epting's art, and I feel like this was Steve Epting uh, restrained, very restrained, mm-hmm. a, a DC styled Steve Epting because. Yeah. His, his 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 Captain America was completely different than this. Everything's been completely different than this, including the book he's working on currently, Velvet. Um, Maybe this is the new style he's trying. I think it's a DC style that. So I remember seeing his art first, the very first thing I ever saw, it, 
was on Factor X when Age of Apocalypse hit. Oh, God. And all the art, everything switched. Oh, yeah. He did that, and that was the first place wow, I ever saw his ago. art. And I fell in love with the way he drew um, Havoc. Loved the way he drew Havoc. Wow, you're really taking me back for that one. <laughs> so I have been a fan of his, and I love to read things he draws because his style wow. is so... Um, he has a refined style. Like, he has a classic, you know, style. I, I say classic because it's like strong lines, defined he, bodies. He understands you know, human... And, yes, he, he is a really great artist. But then you get that moodiness off it. His art is very moody, and that's why when I saw he was going to be doing Batwoman, I was like, yes! And... There's just something about this style, whether it's what the inker does, I, I don't know, but it's not, it's not completely him to me. It still looks like his forms and everything. I guess I wanted, I wanted it to be less J.H. Williams and more Epting. Do you think some of the line work was kind of muddy too? It was. It wasn't as crisp as as Captain America was or, or his other stuff. It had a lot of it. Had like the 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 shadows are very soft, and the color yes. is sort of muddy a little bit. Yeah, uh, the page with him, he drew the whole detective team. It's his take on it, and it's gorgeous. And they're keeping the J. H. Williams kind of break line breaking. Yeah, well, everything's like a like a head top of a batter. Yes, the, yes. The page layouts in this it fit the story. I mean. When it needed to be, it needed to be big, and when it was just the story, it's a it's a good it's a good comic. It really is. Yeah, it's solid. But if you've been reading it, you it didn't bring anything new, and I think that was a misstep. But I also think it's good. So the fan in me thinks I wanted more, but the retailer in me says this is great because had I got all my copies, I could be like, you've never read Batwoman here, perfect place to start. You like it? Read these back issues. Get really get to know the whole story. So I think this book worked on both, and I was mm -hmm. also disappointed. I like the Jay Lee cover. I like the Jay Lee cover. <laughs> All righty. So next on our list, so we're going to go back to the Super Family, and we're going to we're going to round out uh, DC with uh, Dark Harvest, which is a Superman uh, story. It is a one shot, and I I love when they put. Like the titles, titles on the book and the, and the, on the cover, and the cover has a lot of text. I really like that. So it's like at the top, it's all Dark Harvest, and it's DC Universe Rebirth, and it's Superman with the with the S logo with the shield, and then it says What Monster Lurks in Dead Man's Swamp, and then it's this really kind of weird, you know, uh, thin or Slender Man kind of thing, and like we have the we have the little girl who's um, I remember her name, I, I think I can remember her name, but but it's a uh, it's um. It's basically a story for, about John and his friend, the girl that watched him, uh, you know, use his powers the first time. So the story was by Peter J. Tomasi and uh, Patrick Leeson. The artist was, you can say that. Sebastian Fiumara. And the colorist was Dave Stewart. And the letterer was Rob Lay. So, yeah. This was the Superboy. Yeah. This Anyone was... coming into this thinking it was going to be a Superman story... I feel like this should have been reserved and thrown in Super Sons when they need a fill-in. Yeah. It was 
First, I want to say I love this artist, him and his brother. I love their artwork so much. So when I saw his name attached, I was very excited. And visually, this book was stunning to me. Stunning. It's it's a very weird story. Loved. So, so John is at home alone. Uh, watching his, a horror movie. Watching a horror movie. So funny. He gets scared, lashes out with his eye lasers. Oh my gosh, the doorbell rings and he like yeah. cuts apart the... The lamp. It was it was yeah. a cute beginning because yeah. if you read Super Sons, you know his powers. He's trying to keep them in check. He really is trying to be good about this. Mm-hmm. And I read it after I read Super Sons. So I yeah. thought it was really funny that same writer as Super Sons. He gets he gets it. Peter Tomazi and Patrick Leeson and all and that yeah. and that crew, they get these kids. And I and I really think that, that that's what really makes me excited to read about these this version of World's Finest because I think they really get these kids. Uh, so it's it's Kat, it's Kathy. So Kathy is is is, is a friend, a neighbor who lives, neighbor. you know, a couple miles down. Because remember, they're on a sw- they're on a farm, and there's a swamp, and uh, their cow Betsy <laughs> has been gone for a while. So they're trying to find out what's going on with the with the cow, and then her grandfather went went out to check for the 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 cow. And he is gone, and so she goes to John because she knows John has something going on with him. So they so they make off like kids, and they go off into the dark, into the swamp to find out what's going on. And they follow these tracks, and the tracks lead to this house. And then they start tripping balls, man. These kids must have dosed or got dosed with something. And the kids start straight up. They are they must have dropped acid or ate mushrooms. Or something I think it because I think it happened because they straight up start tripping balls and then this and they keep getting chased by this weird sort of pseudo slender man and they run into this the forest and then and and you know John is is John what I love about it is when when the slender man is attacking her when the or when he's growing bigger and shit is happening or they're shrinking because like all the animals got big and they got small but whenever he needed to use his powers. He would always say, like, when he was protecting her, he'd be like, oh, I, they missed me. Or something happened. So he, he was very sly and not fully giving away that he had superpowers, mm-hmm. though she knew that he used his, 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 his uh, laser vision before, his heat vision. He used his extra vision to find the house. So, so he, he's using I love his... the door. The door was the best. She ran, she's like, I can't get it. And he just kind of went through it. Yeah. And then, like, like when the porcupine hits and she's like, you know, you're all right. You get hit. He's like, no, nah, I got missed. This but yet the artist, so the artist really does show you he gets hit oh yeah and it bounces off of his back and then he like busts through the door when they get to the house and she's like i've been working out you know and then and then the books start flipping out and then the, the weirdest part so i was reading this on the bus and i'm just like what the fuck is going on right they see the cow and the cow stands up on its hind legs and starts spewing out all this gas and it's like and i'm thinking what the fuck is going on with this cow do you know what that was supposed to be no milk Oh yeah, it was like milk or something. I thought milk. it was a mist as well, but then they tell you, yeah, it was milk. You're your, right. your cow is gonna drown us. That was the funniest line. Yeah, because uh, they because they go in the well and they 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 hide in the well. They 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 kind of end up in a well and they're all wet and and like they're the the grandfather. You see the cow and he says, uh, "What is what is the line?" Oh no! Oh, and she's getting ready to drown us in milk, and I'm like. If that was milk coming out of their mouth, did they not want to show it coming out of her udders? Like, it was just weird. That would be bizarre if it was coming out of her udders. I think that like would be Like, it wasn't bizarre. weird coming out of her mouth? 
It was just a really weird comic there book. It was a weird. It was a, <laughs> that, I gotta say, it was a weird disconnect. And then because you had no clue what the like. No, why are they moving if it's mist? I guess the flow of the water. I don't know or the milk. It didn't look like milk. It was once, bizarre. But once he said Dronus and milk, I was like, I had to go back a couple pages. Yeah. I'm like, that's really gross. It was. It was bizarre. And then, and then they say. The grandfather's like, oh, the, the swamp releases hallucinogenic toxins. And I'm like, what? Yeah. That kind of took me out of it a little bit. That kind of took me I, out of it. Because I don't think that was yeah. it. Because I'm thinking to myself. And the very end, you see that guy again. Yeah. And I'm thinking, because if you look at it, it look at it, it kind of like it was the Eradicator. Well, remember, there's that other Clark Kent. Oh, and it's the other Clark Kent, too. Yeah. So is, is the other Clark Kent a, 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 a homunculus or some shit like that? I don't know. It was just a very weird story. It was just a very, very weird story. Um, I liked it as a one-off. Yes, it's a one-shot. I thought I literally checked my calendar because I was like, is this a Halloween episode that is that shipped late or something? Because it was very bizarre. It was very, very bizarre. And But I liked it. I liked it. I agree. I, agree. <laughs> I liked it. The artwork was really good, too. It's dark. It's moody. It fit the story. It fit this weird ass haunted house bizarre story. Really good, really good. If you want a one shot, I just want to read one story about Superboy. Yeah, Superboy, and then it's great because like he gets home and then he's like he gets home and he and he gets into the bed and they're like oh I guess we left him and his parents come <laughs> home and I think to myself well, what happened to the fucking vase that he like laser <laughs> laser cut up and stuff like Swiss cheese I don't know so. I thought it was a good story. I did too. <laughs> so the next one we're going to review is uh, The Wildstorm. And I want Rich to speak first on this one because I read – it's the new series by Warren Ellis through the, uh, Wildstorm. And it's a, it, it is an alternate reality, alternate Earth story. It's, it's in, the, in their multiple worlds. Yes. This is Earth Wildstorm. Yes. Yeah, so it, there's no Superman or nothing. Although they do mention a, they they do mention Batman a little bit though. If you notice it, they do mention Batman, but uh, or a Batman like character. So I read all of the old Stormwatch um, and all the old Wild Wildstorm stuff. So I read all that stuff, and so I'm very familiar with these characters. So it was and the Authority and all the people that came after it and and. Uh, because some of the Wildstorm, right? Was Wildstorm and Authority crossed one, that one time? Oh, she's shrugging. I anyway, I, I remember, I remember the Wildstorm, you know, continuity, and and I was like, okay, so. So the writer is Warren Ellis, the artist is John Davis Hunt, colorist is Ivan Plasencia, letter is Simon Boland. Um, there's a whole bunch of variant covers, whatever. I got the basic one. Uh, everyone got the basic one. Um, <laughs> whatever. So I am familiar with, um, of course, Midnight and Apollo. I loved the old, uh, what was part of Ze uh, Zealot was part of, uh, with. Wildcats. Wildcats. I liked Wildcats. That's where Jacob Marlowe mm -hmm. came from. Um, and Zealot. And, and I was, voodoo and I was familiar with that book. I liked that. I read uh, the one with the yellow. They had yellow skin, and they were all made of wet works. Wet works. And then Young Blood, I was never really a fan of. I read it on and off. Yeah, but um, you remember Young Blood? He kind of they they've all got divorced once. Uh, 
once uh, Jim Lee kind of sold everything to, to, yeah. to DC to kind of like put I it recognize with... names. Yes. Different names through it. So I read this and I took it exactly how they want you to do it. As a brand new reader, I'm like, okay. And it was, it was, how can I put this? If you're a brand new reader, you want to pick this book up, you really need to have patience in your books because you're not going to get everything or hardly anything in this first issue. That's how he writes. And it is very text heavy. The art. It's hit or miss in some spots. It is. It. It was to me. Some of the pages looked great. And then some I was like, this is just kind of ugly in some spots. Uh, I really don't know what to say about this book. Uh, for me, and uh, Rich and I spoke about this earlier. The unfortunate thing for me is that this read like every other Warren Ellis book that he has written in the last, I want to say, six or seven years. It it really read like the beginning of Planetary. It really read like the beginning of uh, Injection. It, it, it read like a beginning of a lot of his books, Clandestine you know, Organization, you know, weird stuff going on, wet works operations, uh, people who are trying to protect the whole universe or, or, or Earth. I mean, it's standard superhero stuff, but you know, do but I'm thinking, do do I want to stay around to see what um what the Warren Elvis spin is going to happen on this? Um, I like the engineer sort of. She's kind of weird. She's this kind of half robot, half iron woman person who liked it she basically turns into the engineer which is like a battle suit and then she goes back to being human electric transformation when her skin kind of went inside out when her um when when she became the um the engineer i, I don't know you know jacob marlowe i just I, I just don't know what's going on you know zealot was really um was really uh cool and calm and and she had to kill someone at the beginning and it's just it is read like you know like everything else that he has written, and so I, I just don't know if it's inspired enough. Is 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 the problem that I'm having? Like I just don't know. I really don't know. So I'm going to keep reading it. Well, another thing, real quick. So on the beginning, it says one. Mm -hmm. Is this supposed to be a 24 issue story? That that until we get the whole thing, because if that's true, this is like two years of of uh, of think. one story. I think. Okay, that's what I think. It kind of is too. And that's because a lot he's to not ask gonna be He's not going to be introducing Minotaur and Apollo no. for a while. Oh, oh, they're in this too? Yeah, they'll oh, be in oh, it. Oh, their version. This, because this, this is version. Earth Wildstorm. Okay, all right. I yeah. get it. Um, I just I, don't know. I just don't know. So I'm going to be honest here. My problem with it, and this sounds horrible, the artist is a very fine artist. He, he, he understands form. He understands proportion. It isn't – when you think of Wildstorm, I think this is the problem I'm having. It's not superhero-y enough. The art is too uh, – it, it's too – I didn't think about that. It's too indie mainstream for a superhero book. Well, I think that's going to be – that was my biggest problem with well, it. Well, but that's – again, that's something that – I mean, that, I'm not waiting – I don't want big pouches – uh, big boobs, little you know feet, but I wanted something. His art, I think that's what it is. Looking at these pages, 
this would be great on uh, on any book we read. But I guess for me, I want something a little more flashy. Well, yeah. Well, he's not telling that story though. And that's that's what it is. Like he he really does understate it very. That that's what he does, you know. He he understates a lot of stuff, and it's gonna be a little weird for the sake of being weird, you know, because it's Warren Ellis, and it's like, and I'm like, okay, but they all do kind of look like little, you know, younger hipsters, or you know, and I, I don't know, like them 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 coming out of the subway in New York, it looks like it's a band cover, you know. It's like <laughs> seriously, they're, they're, it's one of the Marvel hip hop covers. Yeah, well, they they, they kind of look like a band, and but I don't know. I, again, I just I, I don't know where this is going. So, so it's very hard for me to 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 make a judgment on it unless I read more. Well, we'll read we'll read the next one. And for I, I'm sure. definitely going to read the next one because I want to know what's going on. You know, and there's two factions toting each other. Jacob Marlowe's there, and he's part of Halo. But and the wet works and the wet works. He's, they mentioned they name drop wet, wet works, and I'm thinking like, and I know they're going to have the, the the aliens. Is this supposed to be that all she was all yeah. in silver? Yeah, that's her. I can't remember her name. Uh, Vo- uh Void or something like that. Oh yeah, I think it was Boyd. So yeah, that's her. She was the she was uh, Jacob Marlowe's thingy, her his uh, his uh, assistant, sex robot. <laughs> well, she said she's kind of dead, so I don't know. I'm interested to see his take on it. I don't know how long I'm gonna stay. Twenty four inches, twenty four issues is a lot to ask, but you know. Wait a minute. Now we complain about DC, about Marvel giving us ongoing, in air quotes, but yet they're telling you it's going to be 24 issues, and you're like, oh, that's too much. No. Yeah, okay, you're right. Because... You're right. No, you're right. Good call. Good call. I'll give you that. You're right. You're right. This is an ongoing story though that is not going to be derailed by any kind of an event. It's just going to be 24 issues, one solid story. You're right. You're 100% right. Well, we'll check it out. All right, we'll check it out. And last on on the docket today, don't don't don't. I know Rich was watching um, uh, People's, People's Court. Court. Is, I was, uh, and I agreed with her. You always agree with her. Not yes, most of the time. So it was the Mighty Thor issue uh, sixteen. Um, it is the Asgard Shi'ar War Part Two, Challenge of the Gods. Writer was Jason Aaron. Artist was Russell Dartman, who's a fantastic artist. Curlers was Matthew Wilson, and letter and production is by VCs Joe Sabino. Um, so Rich did not read this one. I did not. Did not read it, uh, which is fine. Um, he, I'm not going to speak for him, but I know that he does not, you know, really care too much for Jason Aaron. Wasn't on the list. <laughs> it's on my list. Yeah, you were going to talk about it in uh, your in your picks. Yeah. Okay. Because so I had my pick. So basically, what happens is Thor was stolen away. Booby uh, Thor? Booby Thor. Okay. Was stolen away and taken to the Shi'ar, a part of the Shi'ar galaxy in which their gods live. And their gods are petty. And they challenge her to a a, ch- a challenge, basically, to see who is the better god. The two of them versus her. And that's really what it comes down to. And, you know what? and it's a whole bunch of different tests. You know what issue I will read? What? I will read the Quentin Choir issue. Okay. Okay, with with about the phoenix. That, that I think it's the next one, actually. Or no, it's not this one. It's the next following one. Yeah, then I'll read. Um, so the Shi'ar bird people, I love their design. Um, they basically it looks like they're bored and they just want to, they just want to play a game and decide who's the best. But why? This makes no sense. Um, I think something happened in the past, and oh. I and I gotta go back and take a look because I really don't know why they they got the ire of of the Shi'ar gods. But but what the contest 
consists of is trying to get the most prayers from from their people and how that because prayers equals powers so so they cause a tsunami the the, the evil people cause a tsunami and thor flies down and saves everyone and because he saves them they start saying oh i will pray to thor tonight i mean these are some fickle ass people (laughs) you know they're gonna because they're being they see her she's an active god you know does stuff whereas the the Shi'ar gods are kind of like above everything and they're kind of asshole, asshole type people. I don't know what's going on in this story. I do think that Jason Aaron does not like gods. because <laughs> he's no, always... because there was God bomb. There was God. Well, he's, he's always writing about gods being killed or destroyed yeah. by, by, by their slaves or someone who was, who was less than. So there's at some point these gods are going to be made low because Something's gonna happen. The phoenix is probably gonna come and kick their ass or something. I have Didn't no idea. she used to have a beard? <laughs> yeah, and then um, Lady Sif uh, goads Cull into fighting for Asgard because Thor was stolen from them. So that's where the the Shi'ar Asgard war starts. Is because Cull goes to the the Shi'ar throne world and they're gonna fight. I gotta say though, Wrestle Daughterman. Art is fantastic. He is now. This is an artist that you see superheroes, and you're like, "Fuck, this is great." Fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. I don't. I really like the Shi'ar. I've always been a fan of them, but I just don't know about this issue. I don't. I just don't know about Jason Aaron on this. I think it might be time for some new blood. Like he's written Thor now for like what? Almost five years. Was it? Yeah, it's been. Yeah, long. it's been a long time. Probably a little longer. So. Um, well, he wrote Wolverine for a very long time, and he maligned a whole bunch of characters there, too. All I know is I'd be loved for some new blood. So, All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in for this episode. I uh, want to give uh, thanks to our sponsors. First one is Gene Gilmet. Uh, he is the artist of all those fantastic pieces you see uh, of Rich trying to kill me. Thank you, Gene. Uh, you can check out his stuff at rltpress.com. Or you can check him out on uh, Comic Book Resources column, uh, The Line It Is Drawn, as he is a featured artist. And he has been featured a few times because of his his art prints, which are amazing. Um, lots of punching Nazis. So if you like punching Nazis, <laughs> go to RLT Press and order one of his prints. It, it's fantastic. We have Kamala Khan punching Steve Bannon. We have Luke Cage punching Cheeto President. It's awesome. So please, please check it out. I want to thank Terry Miller. She is our mistress of the mix board. All those beautiful sounds you hear at the beginning and end of the show were produced by her. Thank you so much, Terry. And we're going to give a special thanks to our giant, huge sponsor, Whatever Comics, located at... 548 Castro Street in rainy San Francisco. Check us out on the web at whateverstoreonline.com and at Facebook under Whatever Store. Give us a like. Also, you can pick up uh, Jean's Prince here at... uh, at uh, whatever as well. So please come in, say hi to Rich. He'd love to see you. Say hi to me too if I'm here, because I'm probably here too. So uh, I'm Desmond. I'm Rich. And we'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Geek Chat.